This is Women's Studies Reading 7, The Social Construct of Gender by Judith Lorber. Talking about gender for the most part is the equivalent of fish talking about water. Gender is so much the routine ground of everyday activities that questioning its taken for granted assumptions and presuppositions is like thinking about whether the sun will come up. Gender is so pervasive that in our society we assume it is bred into our genes. Most people find it hard to believe that gender is constantly created and recreated out of human interaction, out of social life, and is the texture and order of that social life. Yet gender is like culture, is a human production that depends on everyone constantly, quote-unquote, doing gender. And everyone, quote-unquote, doing gender without thinking about it. And everyone, quote-unquote, doing gender without thinking about it. Today on the subway, I saw a well-dressed man with a year-old child in a stroller. Yesterday, on a bus, I saw a man with a tiny baby in a carrier on his chest. Seeing men taking care of small children in public is increasingly common, at least in New York City. But both men were were quite obviously stared at and smiled at approvingly. Everyone was doing gender. The men who were changing the roles of fathers and the other passengers who were applauding them silently. But there was more gendering going on that probably fewer people noticed. The baby was wearing a white crochet cap and white clothes. You couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl. The child in a stroller was wearing a dark blue t-shirt and dark print pants. As they started to leave the train, the father put a Yankee cap baseball cap on the child child's head ah a boy i thought then i noticed the gleam of tiny earrings in the child's ears and as they got off i saw a little flowered sneaker and lace trim socks not a boy after all gender done gender is such a familiar part of daily life that it usually takes a deliberate disruption of our expectations of how women and men are supposed to act and pay attention to how it is produced. Gender signs and signals are so ubiquitous that we usually fail to note them unless they are missing or ambiguous. Then we are uncomfortable until we have successfully placed the other person in a gender status. Otherwise, we feel socially dislocated. In our society, in addition to man and women, the status can be transvestite, a person who dresses in opposite gender clothes, and transsexual, a person who has, changed, who has had sex change surgery. Transvestites and transsexuals construct their gender status by 
dressing, speaking, walking, gesturing in ways prescribed for women or men, whichever they want to be taken for, and so does any quote-unquote normal person. For the individual, gender construction starts with assignment to a sex category on the basis of what the genitalia look like at birth. Then babies are dressed or 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 adorned in a way that displays the category because parents don't want to be constantly asked whether their baby is a girl or a boy. A sex category becomes a gender status through naming, dress, and the use of other gender markers. Once a child's gender is evident, others treat those in one gender differently from those in the other, and the children respond to the different treatment by feeling different or behaving differently. As soon as they can talk, they start to refer to themselves as members of their gender. Sex doesn't come into play again until puberty, but by that time, sexual feelings and desires and practices have been shaped by gendered norms and expectations. Adolescent boys and girls approach and avoid each other in an elaborately scripted and gendered mating dance. Parenting is gendered with different expectations for mothers and for fathers. And people of different genders work at different kinds of jobs. The work adults do as mothers and fathers and as low-level workers and high-level bosses shape, shapes women's and men's life experiences. And these experiences produce different feelings, consciousness, relationships, skills, ways of being, that we call feminine and masculine. All of these processes constitute the social construction of gender. Gendered roles change. Today, fathers are taking care of little children. Girls and boys are wearing unisex clothing and getting the same education. Women and men are working at the same jobs, although many traditional social groups are quite strict about maintaining gender differences. In other social groups, they seem to be blurring. Then why the one-year-old's earrings? Why is it still so important to mark a child as a girl or a boy to make sure she is not taken for a boy or he for a girl? What would happen if they were? They would, quite literally, have changed places in their social world. To explain why gendering is done from birth constantly and by everyone, we have to look not only at the way individuals experience gender, but at gender at gender as a as a social institution. As a social institution, gender is one of the major ways that human beings organize their lives. Human society depends on a predictable division of labor a designated allocation of scarce goods, assigned responsibility for children and others who cannot care for themselves, common values and their systematic transmission to new members, legitimate leadership, music, art, stories, games, and other symbolic productions. One way of choosing people for the different tasks of society is on the basis of their talents, motivations, 
and competence, their demonstrated achievements. The other way is on the basis of a gender, race, ethnicity, ascribed membership in a category of people. Although society vary in the extent to which they use one or the other of these ways of allocating people to work and to carry out their responsibilities, every society uses gender and age grades. Every society classifies people as girls and boys children, girls and boys ready to be married, and fully adult women and men. Constructs similarities among them and differences between them and assigns them to different roles and responsibilities. Personality characteristics, feelings, motivations, and ambitions flow from these different life experiences so that the members of these different groups become different kinds of people. The process of gendering and its outcome are legitimate by region, law, science, and the society's entire set of values. Uh, new topic, gender as process, stratification, and structure. As social institutions, gender is a process of creating distinguishable social status statuses for the assignment of rights and responsibilities. As part of a stratification system that ranks these statuses equally, gender is a major building block in the social structures built on these unequal statuses. As a process, gender creates the social differences that define quote-unquote women and quote-unquote man. In social interactions, interaction throughout their lives, individuals learn what is expected, see what is expected, act and react in expected ways, and thus simultaneously construct and maintain the gender order. Quote, the very injunction to be given gender takes place through discursive routes. To be a good mother, to be heterosexually desirable object to be a fit worker in some to signify a multiplicity of guarantees in response to a variety of different demands all at once end quote members of a social group neither make up gender as they go along nor exactly replicate in rote fashion what was done before In almost every encounter, human beings produce gender behaving in in the ways they they learned were appropriate for their gender status or resisting or rebelling against these norms. Resistance and rebellion have altered gender norms, but so far they have rarely eroded the, the statuses. Gendered patterns of interaction acquire additional layers of gendered sexuality, parenting and work behaviors in childhood, adolescence, and adulthood. Gendered norms and expectations are enforced through informal sanctions of gender inappropriate behavior by peers and by formal punishment or threat of punishment by those in authority 
should behavior deviate too far from the socially imposed standards for women and men. Everyday gendered interactions build gender into the family, the work process, and and other organizations and institutions, which in turn reinforce gender expectations for individuals. Because gender is a process, there is room not only for modification and variation, but individuals and small groups, but also for institutionalized change. As part of a stratisfaction system, gender ranks men above women of the same race and class. Women and men could be different but equal. In practice, the process of creating different depends to a great extent on differential evaluation. As Nancy, Nancy J. says, quote, that which is defined, separated out, isolated from all else is A and pure. Not A is necessarily impure, a random catch-all to which nothing is external except A and the principle of order that separates it from not A, end quote. From the individual's point of view, whichever gender is A, the other is not A. Gender boundaries tell the individual who is like him or her and all the rest are unlike. Are unlike. From society's point of view, however, one gender is usually the touchstone, the normal, the dominant, and the other is different, deviant, and subordinate. In Western society, quote-unquote man is A, quote-unquote women is not A. Consider what a society would be like where women was A and man not A. The further did show optimization by race and class constructs and class constructs the gradations of heterogeneous society satisfaction scheme thus in the united states white is a african-american is not a middle class is a working class is not a and quote african-american women occupy a position whereby the inferior half of a series of these dichotomies converge, end quote. The dominant categories are the hegemonic ideals taken so for granted as the way things should be that white is not ordinarily thought of as a race, middle class, or white is not ordinarily thought of as a race, middle class as a class, or men as gender. The characteristics of these categories define the other as that which lacks the valuable qualities the dominant the dominance exhibit. In a gender stratified society, what men do is usually valued more highly than what women do because men do it, even when their activities are very similar or the same. In different regions of southern India, for example, Harvesting rice is men's work, shared work, or women's work. Quote, wherever a task is done by a woman, it is considered easy. And where it is done by men, it is considered difficult. End quote. Conversely, because they 
are the superior group, white men do not have to do the quote-unquote dirty work, such as housework, such as housework. The most inferior group does it, usually poor women of color. Societies vary in the extent of the inequality in social status of their women and men, men members. But where there is inequality, the status quote-unquote woman and its attendant behavior and role allocations is usually held in lesser esteem than the status quote-unquote man. Since gender is also intertwined with a society's other constructed status, sa statuses of differential evaluation, race, religion, occupation, class, country of origin, and so on, men and women members of the favored groups command more power, more prestige, and more property than the members of the disfavored groups. With many social groups, however, men are advantaged or over women. The more economic resources, such as education and job opportunities, are available to a group, the more they tend to be monopolized by men. In poorer groups that have few resources, such as working-class African-Americans in the United States, women and men are more nearly equal, and the women may even outstrip the men in education and occupational status. As a structure, gender divides work in the home and in economic production, legitimates those in authority, and organizes sexuality and emotional life. As primary parents, women significantly influence children's psychological development and emotional attachments in the process reproducing gender. Emergent sexuality is shaped by heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, and sadomasochistic patterns that are gendered, different for girls and boys, and for women and men, so that sexual statuses reflect gender statuses. When gender is a major component of structured inequality and devalued genders have less power, prestige, and economic rewards than the valued genders in countries than the valued genders. In countries that discourage gender discrimination, Many major roles are still gendered. Women still do most of the domestic labor and child rearing, even while doing full-time paid work. Women and men are segregated on the job and each does work considered quote-unquote appropriate. Women's work is usually paid less than men's work. Men dominate the positions of authority and leadership in government, the military, and the law. Cultural productions, religions, and sports reflect men's interests. Gender inequality, the devaluation of quote-unquote women, and the social domination of quote-unquote men, the, has social functions and social history. It is not the result of sex, procreation, physiology, anatomy, hormones, or genetic predispositions. 
It is produced and maintained by identifiable social processes and built into the general social structure and individual identities deliberated and purposefully. The social order as we know it in Western societies is organized around racial, ethnic, class, and gender inequality. I contend, therefore, that the continuing purpose of gender as a modern social institution is to construct women as a group to be the subordinates of men as a group. Next topic, the paradox of human nature. To say that sex, sexuality, and gender are all socially constructed is not to minimize their social power. These categorical imperatives govern our lives in the most profound and pervasive ways through the social experiences, the social practices of what Dorothy Smith calls the, quote, everyday, ever night, ever day, ever night world, end quote. The paradox of human nature is that it is always a manifestation of cultural meanings, social relationships, and and power politics. Quote, not biology, but culture becomes destiny, end quote. Gendered people emerge not from physiology or sexual orientation, but from the exigencies of the social order, mostly from the need for reliable division of the work of food production and the social, not physical, reproduction of new members. The moral imperatives of religion and culture representations guard the boundary lines among uh, genders and ensure that what is demanded, what is permitted, and what is tabooed for the people in each gender is well known and followed by most. By most, political power, control of scarce resources, and if necessary, violence uphold the gendered social order in the face of resistance and rebellion. Most people, however, voluntarily go along with their society's prescriptions for those of their gender status because the norms and expectations get built into their sense of worth and identity as the way we think, the way we see and hear uh, and speak, the way we fantasize, and the way we feel. There is no core or bedrock in human nature below these endlessly looping processes of the social production of sex and gender, self and other, identity and psyche, each of which is a, quote, complex cultural construction, end quote. For humans, the social is the natural. Therefore, quote, in its feminist senses, gender cannot mean simply the cultural appropriation of biological sexual difference. The sexual difference is itself a fundamental and scientifically contested construction. Both sex and gender are woven of multiple 
asymmetrical strands of difference charged with multifaceted dramatic narratives of domination and struggle, end quote.